0: Hi, I'm Safs and you're listening to The Last Stretch, a sports podcast. everyone, Socket here, thanks for tuning in uh, this episode uh, i'm writing solo. Mel uh, has a uh, work trip, so I found myself uh, doing this episode alone, which is totally fine. Uh, it was weird. It was definitely weird to not have a co-host. Definitely looking forward to the next episode, uh, hopefully uh, when she's back. Today I spoke to uh, men's hockey captain for the Concordia Stingers, Philippe Houdon, uh, who talks uh, about mental health and Bell Let's Talk in his, in his battle uh, with OCD. We also looked a little bit into uh, you know the remainder of the Stinger season. He's a fifth-year uh, player, so he's heading towards the end of the his career as well. Uh, This is an episode that I was looking forward to a lot, because I think mental health is a really important topic. Um, And it's something that I think affects, uh, you know, a lot of people, if not almost everyone. So I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: All right, hi guys. Uh, Philly Don, uh, captain of the Concordia men's hockey team.
0: Thanks uh, for joining uh, me, Phil, today. Uh, obviously, uh, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be Bell Let's Talk, yep. which is a really important cause—not just for you, but I think mental health is is something that should be on the for- forefront for everybody. Um, could you tell us why uh, you're so involved with the cause?
1: Um, well, first and foremost, I was diagnosed with OCD um, in my late teens, and um, you know, having gone through the struggle myself, and, you know, I can't necessarily say that I'm, you know, 100% cured, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better than when I first, you know, discovered that, you know, something wasn't going necessarily right, and it's something, it's, it's hard, And, and that goes with every, every kind of mental health issues, uh, is, you know, it's not only OCD, it can be, uh, uh, you know anorexia bulimia uh, depression any type of anxiety issues um it's hard to um it's hard to conquer that because sometimes it can be uh, it feels as though it's bigger than yourself and uh and the fact that I'm confident uh I'm confident to say that I was able to kind of conquer that um demon if you if you want um within me uh it's something that I want to kind of share to people I want them to um, and that's just on the perspective of other people being uh, in the same situation and there's and, and it's twofold right so the uh, the mental health uh, you know the Bellas talk day and 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 the mental and everything that, that goes around mental health it, you know there's that issue and then there's the issue of the stigma itself and that people should not regard um, You know, uh, individuals such as myself or anybody, anybody for that matter, that has uh, mental health issues as being inferior or weak or not part of, you know, the uh, the regular group or you know your regular Joes or regular Janes. Um, It's it it doesn't you know it doesn't necessarily mean uh, like I said you're weak or inferior. It's it's just it's it's a bump in the road and it just needs to be addressed. Um, it does, like I said, it's uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't change necessarily the person that you are. It just that's just how you are and who you are, and that's something that's going to live with you. And um, yeah, so like I said, it, it, that those are kind of the two reasons why um, why I'm very involved in you know uh, in mental health. Uh, with the mental health talks and conversations, and wanting to help the people that are affected, and also and uh, 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 eventually end the stigma.
0: And it's interesting because I feel like now more than ever, in the past couple of years, we've been seeing more and more individuals and athletes themselves becoming more vocal about it, yeah. um, and becoming ambassadors for "But Let's Talk," for example. Um, but it, of course, it's it's not easy for everyone to kind of open up about these kinds of struggles. Um, When you were going through it, I mean, a couple of years ago, when I remember one of the first things I saw was that you were on RDS and you kind of publicly spoke about it. Like, it's one thing coming out, you know, talking to your family or whoever, the close people, and then taking it to the public stage. Like, I can't imagine what that would feel like. Um, And I'm sure that's hard for a lot of people. Um, Could you maybe take us back to that time? Like, what what brought you to that point to want to share it publicly?
1: It was kind of, it was a... Some some may say it was a risky move, um, given the fact that I was still um, under contract eligibility uh, with the Detroit Red Wings at the time, um, and I like I said I hadn't been signed, so I was you know some some may say I was kind of shooting myself in the foot by by uh, by publicly opening up, but the the one thing that was really getting to me, uh, or the, the one thing that that that. Kind of urged me to open up was um, was the fact that now more and more people were becoming aware, especially with my cl- from my close entourage at the time I was in, I was in Victoriaville uh, playing in the Major Junior Hockey League. I had I think I was in my second year of uh, Major Junior if I remember correctly, and um, I was getting a whole lot more comfortable, a whole lot more comfortable in that in that area and and. You know the coaches were aware, the players were aware, and it didn't seem to matter as much. They respected my space. Yes, I I was also at a point where I was kind of allowing for you know the uh, the occasional you know the occasional jokes here and there, um, and that's where I, it got to the point where I was like, well, I opened up. I told them, I told them what was happening. And now I'm at a point where I'm comfortable, I'm happy, I'm giggling, I'm uh, I'm having fun with the guys, they're respecting me at the same time. You know, hockey's great. I'm, you know, now slowly but surely finding myself back in the classroom. And then things were kind of rolling back, like rolling around in the right direction. And I just said to myself, that all began because I actually talked about it. I actually mentioned it. I didn't hold it back inside. Um, I made everybody, everybody aware. You know, everybody that's that that was around me that needed to know they knew. And that's where I need. That's where I felt the urge, like I said, to open up because. And and I've always said that since the beginning is that that's the major step is opening up, and it's probably the hardest, and it's probably the one that a lot of people don't 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 succeed in doing because you know, they're afraid of, of what people may say. And not only that, but, you know, coming, from, coming in an environment that, is, that has been brought up as being very macho-like um, and not wanting to share feelings and emotions and whatnot, um, I felt as though it needed to be shared because what better example of, of, um, of an individual... Opening up about his mental health issues uh, in uh, in an environment that that is literally you know uh, um, built around you know block, blocking shots with their face and and you know and and playing injured and stuff like that. you know what I mean yeah. so um, so that's why I, I pretty much decided to open up and you know regardless of what anybody told me I think that was the best decision I made and uh, not only helped myself but I think it helped a lot of people uh, and and I just. You know, just with any just with any cause that anybody helps in, you uh, you find a sense of uh, a purpose at the same time, and uh, and you know, just with just with the RDS footage, um, the amount of uh, the amount of messages I got through through my social media accounts, yeah. or or even emails or, or letters uh, that, that were sent to Victoriaville about people that were uh, that felt, you know. Uh, that, that that felt as though my me opening up helped them. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, that's exactly why I did it. And um, and even to this day, I, I keep getting you know uh, I keep getting messages of people saying that you know you opening up really helped me out. And you know year over year, whenever I I I become a little bit more vocal because I'm not so much on on social media, but mm-hmm. whenever whenever I become more vocal during uh you know during the month of January leading up to Bell, let's talk. Uh, I still have people telling me and and. And that's why. I, that's why I still support the cause, and I will. I'm always going to do it because it's uh, there's always going to be someone you know um, out there that needs help, yeah. uh, and and that's it.
0: Well, of course, you know, like like you said, becoming more vocal about it in the month of January, like it's so important. Generally, also to just you know talk about it. And There are a couple of things that uh, you you brought up that that made me think. You mentioned. Um, you know it was a risky move on your end because at that point you were still under contract uh with the red wings oh uh,
1: yeah contract eligibility. eligibility i was i was yeah i still had under uh you know i was i, was, I still had that opportunity to sign yeah so um,
0: there was the opportunity that was still there uh-huh. and and the fact that like i think it's i think it's so messed up in a way that like that would be a risk
1: yeah you know like
0: um, just like i understand why people would say that and why that's You know again, I understand why it's a risk in that sense, but I find it so odd because it's just you know When someone's struggling with something or whether it's you know physical injury or mental whatever it is You know, it's it's someone shouldn't be judged solely for that. Mm. Um, Do you think nowadays? I mean that was a couple of years ago Do you think now it would be as risky if someone were to come out and say hey like I'm fighting, you know X mental illness, for example, you know, is is it still it's still risky in the sense that like, you know, I think from a personal point of view, it's it's a scary thing to do. Um, But do you think that's still a factor today? Do you think that uh, sports has become a little bit more inclusive in that sense and a little bit more understanding?
1: I wouldn't be able to say for sure Mm -hmm. if the move would be risky. And first off, uh, and also as a side note, I just want to mention like uh, I never Never was I told by Detroit that that was the reason why they mm-hmm. didn't sign me. It was just it was I was told, you know, by by outsiders, by other, people, by, other yeah. by other by other people that it might be a mm-hmm. risky move. And 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 you know, like I said, I dis- disregarded that. Yeah, I didn't end up signing with Detroit. Is that the reason why? Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, so to get back to you know, kind of shifting what have whatever happened back then to now. Mm-hmm. Um, would it be a risky move? Um, Yes and no. No, or no, I'll start with the yes. The yes is the fact that, um, and people would tell me that even in the workplace, it's that, you know, most, most jobs are team oriented, but you're, you're looking at a sport that, that includes all these people, right? So you're, you're, you're looking at a team and, and obviously the, the general managers and the coaches and, and all the, the hockey personnel are looking for players that can gel well together and if you're looking at someone that may not be maybe uh maybe looking at themselves a bit more internally because you know something may not be right feeling right within themselves then they may look at it as somebody that may not be able to gel well with the team Mm -hmm. but you see that's where I wanted to open up at the time because I wanted to say I basically wanted to say that hockey was my it was my uh, safe haven meaning that's the only place where I was able to kind of escape from you know the uh, the, the the kind of messed up things that were kind of going in my head um, whenever I was on the ice it didn't matter I played the game of hockey and that's it so that's you know that was another part of, of also opening up is the fact that I was able to kind of escape it temporarily mm-hmm. by playing the game I love um, so Yes, risky in that sense, because obviously it's a team sport. um, And you're kind of exposing yourself as being somebody that's fragile. And um, in that sense, I would understand. But like I said, I was doing it. I was also doing it to to tell everybody that hockey was my way of, of kind of getting away from it. So um, so again that would kind of translate to the no mm-hmm. and and also the no because it, people are, are the world of hockey um is a lot more aware of it they're a lot more accepting of it uh and i believe there are now more ways uh of dealing with it from within mm-hmm. uh with 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 the teams um and i and especially i especially more i think the players are more accepting of it I think though I think that's where um, a lot of the progress has come from Uh, the the players are just they're 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 more uh, they're more willing to to kind of work with the person that's affected with uh, with a mental health issue Mm -hmm. and I I, think I've seen I think with you know with the fact that I've played on two teams that knew that something you know that I was affected by something uh, a mental health issue uh, I could, I could now say that like there was a sense of collectivity, mm-hmm. like meaning that it, it wasn't just me alone. It was, I had the help from, uh, from 20 odd, uh, teammates. So, uh, I've seen that progress, mm-hmm. uh, throughout the years. So I, I would say, yes, it would be, uh, it, it would be, it wouldn't be so bad of a, so bad, like it wouldn't be that bad of an idea, but, mm-hmm. um, Again, I would still do it because it just felt great. For sure, uh, it felt like a like a huge relief. So
0: yeah, and to each their own. At the end of the day, you know, exactly, exactly. It's a it's a personal decision, mm-hmm. and whatever you do, it's it's for you. Because beyond being an athlete, you're a person too. Exactly. So it's about helping others and just being comfortable with who you are, which is I think that's the most important thing at the end of the day. Um, I know that when you when you first when you're in Victoriaville, obviously you're like in a small city mm-hmm. to start with. You're in a small teams can be like a little like a small city in a way, you know, it's a very small population and you're always with them if you're practicing with them, especially now with the singers, I imagine it's the same thing in a way, even though you're in a bigger city, but you know, did it kind of help being in like a very small environment in that sense? Or on the flip side, can it be like, oh my God, like I I don't have that space in a way because you're constantly seeing the same people all the time, like, was that a a factor that kind of helped in when it came to talking about uh, the mental health issue?
1: Maybe. Um, I can't really say for sure, mm-hmm. but I just know that, um, especially when I was in Victoriaville, well, I mean, I had, uh, I mean, I knew, I, I I, had a good relationship with just about everybody, but, um, you know, I I had my group of friends mm-hmm. that, you know, I was basically, a, I was with them, you know, day in and day out, and, uh, you know, I just those are the guys that that, that were able to kind of support me all throughout and and um it's i don't know uh i don't know if the if the, if the uh the small town big town or yeah you know, small sure. market big market uh played a difference but mm-hmm. um i believe it's just the fact that at that time, and and and, and especially now, uh, especially now with the Stingers, I mean, throughout my five, three, you know, my four or five years, um, it's it's that sense of, of unity uh, mm-hmm. that you have, like uh, you have a group of guys that are just always together, doing everything together. Um, and whether it was just hockey and a bit of school um, in major junior, whereas now it's hockey and school just as equally. Mm-hmm we're always together yeah like so um you know so when whenever you know if you take them you know if you take my uh if you take me for example if 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 i'm somebody that's struggling with 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 the mental health uh, issue and you've got the people that you trust and that you've opened up to and that you're kind of always with them Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis well that helps you yeah that helps you like it, it may not You may not see the immediate effect, but over the long run, it helps you because you're just like, you feel more comfortable, you know, every day you feel a bit more comfortable about, you know, going, going out in the world and doing your things. Mm -hmm. And, and you see like, and, and if something happens in that, in that open environment and you have some people there, uh, and then you have outsiders that are, that, that are also there that, that see something that may be, may be odd to them. And then you have your friends that are like, listen, he's, yeah. He, that that's him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's how he is, and you know, he's getting better. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so you always have that support group. Like that's what I'm saying. Like the hockey team for me was always a support group. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what they did, it was just a. F- and and for me, their presence. Helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, big market, smaller market. I don't think it really matters. The fact that I had a support group and my teammates
0: at Concordia, you're arguably uh, the most vocal athlete uh, about mental illness, if not, to my mind, anyways. You can yeah. correct me. Like, you seem to be one, the only one who kind of openly talks about it, which is fine because, again, it's a hard topic to mm-hmm. talk about. Um, when you arrived at Concordia, did you kind of, you know, did you kind of expect that you would kind of become the mental health ambassador? Uh, for the stingers, in that sense, like, did you kind of see it coming, and you know, when it happened, did you, you know, is it something that you just embraced naturally?
1: Um, I had, I had, I would say, I had projects in my mind, or, or, I had, I guess, ideals in my mind mm-hmm. that I wanted to continue my support. Um, you know, given the fact that I had opened up uh, two years prior in, in, in Major Juniors, and I wanted to kind of continue. Like, I didn't want it to just sit around, like. I didn't want just to open up one year and then that's it, yeah. you know, like uh, I wanted to continue uh, my involvement in the cause. And, and um, the first year was kind of, you know, I arrived in January, so I, I guess the first year was just to kind of settle in. And then, uh, and then the following year, uh, with obviously the help of, of my coach, Marc-Andre, um, you know, he 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 wanted to, he was supporting me. He was very supporting in in, in my involvement. And, and he kind of said, like, well, what would you think about doing that? And what would you think about doing that? And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Like, let's do this. You know, and that's where, that's the first year I went to, uh, you know, I went to CCM, uh, the uh, headquarters of CCM. I went to talk to a few employees. I went to uh, a few teams, a few junior AAA team or one junior AAA team, sorry. And and uh and a few Stinger's teams I believe as well. And um and that's where it kind of started a bit, you mm-hmm. know, uh slowly but surely and um yeah I definitely wanted to I definitely wanted to help out. I definitely wanted to uh to continue my involvement in, in some way and and over the years it just became more and more important. Mm-hmm. Um and even though this year maybe you know, I've maybe taken a bit of the sidelines, um, given that it's kind of like my last year. It's a bit of you know, it's a bit of a bit of an important year, and now I kind of want to have my head focus on one thing. I'm definitely going to continue my involvement. I have I have projects of my own. I want to have a tournament during the summer where uh, where it kind of help. Like because I want the conversation to continue all year round. Like mm-hmm. I said, like even though I say I said you know not too long ago that i'm more vocal in january Mm -hmm. i believe that it needs to be a constant conversation Mm -hmm. uh or 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 even just be open for that matter you know throughout the year it doesn't need to be just discussed in january and that's it we forget about it um so you know i have like i said i have projects of you know hockey tournaments in the summer and golf tournaments whatever it is Mm -hmm. i just i i want to continue my involvement i want to continue my support um but was i was i you know was i anticipating becoming the uh, the ambassador for the stingers maybe not really but so i i guess i guess it just became i, yeah. I guess that, that's what became of it but yeah. uh, i definitely wanted to continue continue my involvement
0: well you mentioned uh having a tournament in the summer i again i was watching uh recently uh, on rds you did two interviews and one a couple right. of years ago one last year and it was kind of like a like a, a follow up, mm-hmm. if you will, from that first interview, and and you mentioned uh, doing a summer tournament. So, have uh, have you you know has it started, or are you? Um, uh, do you think it'll get kickstarted this year or
1: soon? Yeah, um, I'm probably looking at if it's not this the 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 summer the coming summer mm-hmm. or the following. Um, definitely, it's just that I have to have. Uh, it's just in the previous years I was taking summer classes and you know working at the same time yeah. and uh, it's tough to do it all. <laughs> yeah, there's just, it's just it's just you know, and that's and that's another challenge of mine is mm-hmm. is you know on a day to day basis is to not overdo it. Mm-hmm. Um, the the more I overdo it, the more I exhaust myself yeah. and and not only physically but mentally. Mm-hmm. So um, so once you know, a few things kind of clear out from from my day-to-day schedule um i'll start thinking about it definitely but well i mean not start thinking it's already been thought of yeah. i just need to kind of plan it out Get it go- going. but uh i'm hoping i'm ho- like i have i want to do it you know so bad i mm-hmm. just don't have the uh i just don't have the time uh, unfortunately to do it and um maybe it'll happen this summer it'll
0: help that you'll be graduated yeah no summer classes that should make a difference yeah that'll help that'll
1: help definitely (laughs) did
0: you usually do summer classes yeah Yeah. every summer
1: i did summer classes so it's uh it takes it takes it takes some time off it it, it, it just it you just always have something to do right yeah
0: (laughs) it keeps you in check i definitely noticed doing the more the more you do the more you get done yeah, if you just yeah. have like one thing like you could procrastinate on it for so long.
1: Right. Right. One and thing
0: that I really like that you said it was, you know, I know, like you said earlier, you mentioned that you become more vocal about it in January. But the fact that the goal is not to just become vocal in January. And I like that you said that because I find often with initiatives like whether it's Bell Let's Talk or any other like day that represents some cause, um, you know, people just talk about it at that one point and then it kind of fades into the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, for myself, just personally, sometimes I, I tend to get a little cynical about these things because I, I, it bugs me in a mm-hmm. way that, because these causes are important. And I think what Bell and other organizations are doing is great, but then it's up to the people in that sense to kind of like uphold the conversation um and i was wondering like amongst athletes obviously awareness of mental health issues has is is better than Mm -hmm. it was easily even like a year ago or five years ago it's just it's better amongst the general population uh do you find that uh you know you mentioned that hockey or, or sports in general can be that tough macho environment where it's like block a shot with your face and tough it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you find that it's becoming more and more uh, acceptable to talk about your feelings or to become a little bit more emotional and open up about your thoughts? I mean, I know it's, you can do that, but do you find that generally people are opening up a little bit more?
1: I think so. Uh, I, I, I think so. But again, I've, I've also been in the same environment, you know, uh, for now the – past four and a half years mm-hmm. so um obviously people seen, are comfortable I've seen, with I've each other see, exactly yeah. like I've, I've i'm i'm comfortable to say that myself and mark andre have created together i guess an environment of, of you know if you have something to say you say it um obviously if it's you know uh personal then you kind of do it one-on-one with the coach or, yeah. or or with me for that matter but so we've created that environment of, of of being open about our feelings of being open about um you know whatever's going on in our in our lives but i don't know i don't know i don't know what 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 truth uh is holds uh in you know in other leagues mm-hmm. um uh, I I really wouldn't know, but I, I I have a feeling. Like I said, what what I know for sure is that the players are now more open about, or not, are now are more open about talking about mm-hmm. mental health and and and, ex, and and accepting it as not like it's it, accepting it almost as a, as a physical injury mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. You know, um, it's so given the fact that the players are more open about it, it in general. Yeah. Um, I just, I just think that, I just think I, I can almost, you know, I can almost assume that uh, that the environment itself is more accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like I said, I've been, I've been in the same environment for, I've for been sure. in the same locker room, if you want, for the past yeah. four and a half years. So I can't really say, I can't really generalize. But uh, for sure, I, like I said, I could, I could reasonably assume that mm-hmm. um, that it's now become uh, 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 an open you know environment where mm-hmm. guys can just be open about you know be open about whatever they feel and stuff and uh and that's it and and also like I said it gets to a point where you're you feel you know, you get to a point where you feel as though your your teammates are, are your support group mm-hmm. so I think it kind of works from within you know so uh, yeah that, that's that's my uh reasonable answer
0: <laughs> very reasonable so. um obviously i'm not an athlete uh yeah. and one thing that i wonder what's great about uh the show that we have when mel is here uh she kind of asks more questions coming from the athlete's perspective and i try to give people the from a non-athlete You a cheeseburger i don't know but <laughs> but uh you know so from from my perspective well something that i've always wondered and i don't know if this is not much of a factor i think it might be but you know you talk about physical preparation obviously being taken seriously uh obviously for athletes naturally um and my question is obviously there's a huge mental aspect to any sport that you do um when it comes to mental preparation do you is mental preparation taken as seriously as physical preparation
1: absolutely <laughs> i mean i'm not the only one that has you know um that has uh has these uh these habits and and these um Rituals, mm-hmm. uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, and and I mean, just take a look at your prime athlete example is 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 Tom Brady. I mean, and that's not the same sport, but um, this guy is is literally the king of mental preparation. Never mind physical. That's that's what he does. That's what he does best, and. Um, and i think that goes for any sport for that mm-hmm. matter the, the I, I believe that mental preparation is is um is if it's not equally it's far more important than than physical preparation for that matter i mean you know you've got guys that are that are smaller mm-hmm. skinnier and that still manage to play in the in the professional leagues mm-hmm. um and you know and 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 i say that in 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 sports that are you, know, you have guys that are muscular and stuff like that but I mean you have some sports that that require people to be uh, yeah. a bit slender yeah but um, i I think that's first and foremost and I still and I still go you know I, I still a, a big part of me is being fair, is is being mentally prepared mm-hmm. um, you know whether it's hockey or whether it's uh, training or 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 uh, cl- you know stuff in the classroom presentation exam. Mm-hmm. It, people kind of overlook kind of people sometimes people overlook that uh, athletes it, it kind of becomes a natural cycle mm-hmm. for them to to kind of include that you know once in a while yeah. and they include that in their everyday lives as well mm-hmm. um but you're you know you, you're non-athletes sometimes do forget that mental preparation is is uh is an important um is an important step in in into you know overcoming challenges mm-hmm. um it's guilty uh, yeah <laughs> well it's but i mean it's again it's you know you and i've been you know I've been playing hockey for for quite a while now, so i've kind of it's ingrained in 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 my uh in my habits right, yeah. so
0: it's part of the routine
1: it's part of the routine, so yeah. I kind of subconsciously go through it right, and um it's but then again, I know when i 'm not doing it, yeah, and I could feel the difference mm-hmm. and um but Regardless of the fact that, a you know, I struggle with with OCD, I still, I still manage to, you know, sit down and 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 think about the game, mm-hmm. you know, whenever I have a game or whenever I start, you know, whenever I go through uh, my my training or or practice, I still, there's there's a moment, there's a moment, there's a time in me, uh, there's there's a moment in 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 that day where I'm gonna sit down and say, okay, like this, like I'd like to, you know. I'm thinking I'm visualizing the game and I'm thinking, okay, this is how this is the game plan for the uh, for today that's how the coach wants me wants us to the, well, it's play. I'm visualizing plays, whatever like mm-hmm. I still go through that mental preparation for you know every day Mm
0: -hmm. and for sure like when you think of physical preparation like you can think of so many examples because you can see physical preparation but when it comes to mental prep it's not it's not really visible i mean you could do things Mm -hmm. um and i guess my question is could you maybe give us some examples of like what can mental preparation look like um i mean i'm sure it could be a variety of things that's for sure but if you have any examples that come to mind well
1: first i mean. You know what I tend to do on a game day is is um, I just you know uh, around you know one o'clock. Well, if we play at seven thirty, seven seven o'clock, seven thirty, I'll probably start closing closing my books around one two o'clock, so five hours before the game. And just kind of just kind of do nothing, Mm -hmm. and just you know every now and then start thinking about start thinking about who i'm playing first off um and and then kind of uh obviously we kind of we already kind of know what the game plan is going to be like you know going in because we practice throughout the week and whatnot mm-hmm. so you kind of go through, through a bit i kind of go through a bit of that i kind of go through a bit of the play you know the, the the plays that were that were discussed uh throughout the week and um and then when i get to the locker room um When I get to the so that's like phase one, if you. And then you know when I get to when I get to locker room, then I prepare my, prepare my sticks and whatnot. But I kind of do it, I kind of do it in my own little space where Mm -hmm. I can keep you know I can keep thinking about the game. And then when you know whenever my my uh, equipment has been all sorted out, so you know uh, sticks been taped and visors been washed and whatnot. uh, Then I kind of relax. I then I kind of distract myself. I go uh, you know I kind of go talk with guys go play a bit of uh, go play a bit of a uh, bit of soccer or whatnot, and then um, then right before we, have, we start having meetings then I kind of go back to what to the actual game plan and then I over you know I kind of look that a bit and then you know if some people pay attention a bit during, during the national anthem um, I, I don't like I, I close my eyes and I go through the game plan one more time and I visualize it in in my head with like uh, with like a a board mm-hmm. uh, of of an ice rink, and uh, and I kind of visualize it in my head, and that's where I just become prepared for the game, and I mm-hmm. and then they, it becomes like almost natural for me to react in th- every situation on the ice. So I kind of do that on on you know that's like that's like a game day game day mental preparation, mm-hmm. and obviously I kind of talk to myself, you know uh in my head and don't we all yeah yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) so i kind of talk to myself from time to time and and you know um and and that goes like throughout the game as well Mm -hmm. like even in between in between periods during the intermission Mm -hmm. i still kind of do a bit of that um just to kind of not lose focus so
0: is there a bit of a post-game um routine that you engage in
1: post-game uh, post game would be to uh like rate right, like rate right when the game's done, just I I like to kinda uh, decontract the muscles a bit, like so I just uh you know, so I I'd like to foam roll mm-hmm. after after a game and um I would tend to think about um think about the game a bit later on. So like the mental like so like the, the mental rest. Yeah. Uh, would be a little later on because i 'm still kind of pumping a bit of adrenaline yeah, for sure. right after the game, so yeah. i don 't like it 's almost as though you 're you know you 're kind of confronting someone while you 're angry it's not it 's not good yeah. uh, it 's kind of the same way you 're still pumping adrenaline you 're not necessarily thinking straight mm-hmm. um, and you could also be biased about yourself yeah uh, so so um, so i so 'll think about so i 'll do more of the physical the uh the, the physical stuff before and then I'll get to the mental stuff after um and kind of think about the game a bit more afterwards but um that's that's pretty much my uh my, uh, my schedule or That's my That's schedule for the
0: yeah. day. I find that just so interesting because you just you don't see that often, right? Like if you're a fan, for example, coming to watch a game, you just see the game. Mm-hmm. You don't see the prep before unless you arrive ridiculously early and you're just there watching. Well, yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't really That's happen. That's if you right? have access. That's exactly. if you have access. Although like it's very easy to get into Ed Mahar. Like mm-hmm. I was once there early for whatever reason. I think I was doing um, play-by-play for CJLO. And like I just got there to prep and I just got in and I was like, there's no one here, I could just stay here and uh, like I mean I didn't have to pay anyways I was doing work but exactly <laughs> I was just exactly, like, but uh obviously you've been you know doing these routines and and playing games for the past five five years it's gonna be five years now uh, with the Stingers. heading towards the end of that uh, yeah. how are you feeling
1: old <laughs> <laughs> old
0: don't say that I say that about myself yeah uh, <laughs> no
1: but um, it's uh it's been a hell of a ride i mean i've I've seen um I've seen tremendous progress uh, from the not only the hockey program in itself, but I think the the entire Stingers mm-hmm. um, image mm-hmm. um, and all and all the sports you know, all the sports uh, really saw some uh, really saw some tremendous development, and uh, and I'm glad to be a part of it. And um, you know, I've long said that. You know, I've 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 long said that. One of the things I was kind of missing when I first arrived was was a sense of belonging um I didn't feel as though I didn't feel as though I had that much pride you know mm-hmm. playing for this thing at the beginning but after like after i say i would say like the second year you know I started hating McGill uh, <laughs> you know, step one <laughs> step one start hating McGill um you know i slowly but surely I became. I had that sense of pride mm-hmm. of playing for Concordia yeah and I was happy to be a Concordian it just it just made the ride that much more fun mm-hmm. and last year was it was a It was kind of a I mean and still yet to see what's what's to develop for this year right and hopefully we go in the same Knock direction <laughs> but um, but last year was definitely a culmination of things going in the right direction mm-hmm. not only for myself but for the program, for the hockey program, most like, most definitely the hockey program, but even more so for the Stingers mm-hmm. um, uh, athletic department in, as a whole. Um, you know, just just for you know, the women's hockey team went super far last year. Uh, I believe finished third.
0: I think they got bronze at nationals. Bronze,
1: I believe. Yeah. You so so they finished third last year. Uh, wrestling being on top every year. Uh, every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball now coming. You know, red hot. Uh, having a red hot season, uh, both uh, for the men's and women's uh, team, and and that's just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not to overlook all the other uh, all the other uh, sports teams, but it's I, like I'm just happy. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 very grateful for what for what the Stingers have become, and they have certainly have a bright future. And uh, in, in, and that's regardless of the sports, and uh, and it just makes it that much more compelling to come back and and right. watch and and be a part of the 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 shift the what progress are you insinuating like i'm them? just i'm well i'm insinuating no <laughs> i'll you ins- be behind that <laughs> I'm, <kidding. laughs> uh, I'm insinuating that i'm insinua- insinuating insinuating yeah. that i'm going to be a very uh i'm going to be pushing for mm-hmm. the uh for for i mean obviously my program but i'm certainly going to be pushing for the stingers um you know regardless of the teams the stingers image to progress yeah the organization i want i want, I want or, them to yeah. you know i want it to become a want to become a pillar I want him to you know I want I, I basically wanted to become like the first choice yeah. I still think that that's that's one of the things uh, that 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 kind of needs to change is, is you know sometimes athlete, it's not an athlete's first choice to come to Concordia and I want it to become that first choice. Mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned that at the beginning there was like a sense of belonging that was kind of missing for you and then you started hating McGill and whatnot uh, yeah. what would you attribute uh, you know what factors kind of led you to feel like okay like We were a family, you Mm -hmm. know, that's always something that the Stingers athletes say, Stingers family, something that comes up and it's come up a lot. I say in the last couple of years, especially what factors I know that there was a rebranding initiative um, that definitely speaking to some other athletes played a role Mm -hmm. uh, in feeling like we were a part of something. Um, Could you maybe tell me a little bit more about?
1: Um, Well, definitely the the hiring of Marc Andre was. I would say. Good ninety percent of it, yeah. Um, because and 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 obviously I I I have respect for for what Kevin figsby brought um, brought to the. I mean he stayed there for fifteen years so or fifteen odd years. I I, I don't know the number exactly, mm-hmm. but so obviously no disrespect to what he brought to the to the Stingers program, but Mark Andre was you know he brought obviously a fresh look. Um, you know he was he he had been to Concordia. Uh, he he's he's somebody that's very energetic uh is always on the go he wants to succeed he you know he's driven mm-hmm. and and i believe that drive like i i kind of found myself again a bit with with his drive mm-hmm. uh because i'm somebody that's very driven too uh when i have you know when i have something in mind i want it um you best believe that i'm going to go get it so um, so I kind of associated my, I was able to associate myself with him. I was able to kind of see myself partnering up with this guy mm-hmm. for the next for you know for the next four years yeah. to come he He changed uh, he changed the culture in the locker room, and obviously you know not entirely him, but um you know at the time we saw you know Ali Heinz was still there, so mm-hmm. uh, he played a super big part as well. Um, and obviously the the older guys that were there as well, that bought in, um, were able to were able to slowly but surely change that change the mentality in the locker room and mm-hmm. and, and and really bring a sense of belonging. Yeah. And that's what that's what changed uh, is is you know you you if you don't want to practice, the door's right there. Mm-hmm. Well, like and that's what happened is that Mark Andre was willing to bring in anybody that wanted to play. Yeah. So, um, so that's what happened, and, and, and that's where I became, that's where I became proud, because obviously winning is fun, mm-hmm. and uh, certainly when you do it with guys that you that you have um, that you have fun with at all times, mm-hmm. so uh, it it just it made it that much more enjoyable, mm-hmm. and that's where it kind of my sense of pride of being a Concordian and and, and being happy of belonging to Concordia that's where it kind of showed up slowly but surely. But that like Marc Andre definitely played a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um and and then I would say it was just, you know, like I said, Marc Andre played a big part of it and then I kind of just pushed myself to yeah. Or naturally pushed myself to uh to to find what I wanted because mm-hmm. like I yeah, I every place every play every place I played uh starting from you know, when I went to uh, when I went to prep school, every place I played, I had a, like I I felt as though I wanted to play there. That's you know that's where I decided to go to school. That's where I decided to play hockey. That's you know I, I felt I belonged there from day one. Victoriaville was kind of the same thing, even though it was kind of a it was a draft and I had no choice. But I I I had that feeling from day one as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been seek. That's what I sought for. Yeah, I was just waiting for something to kind of change and uh and yeah so i that's what happened
0: thankfully it happened pretty quickly
1: exactly yeah. exactly because i don't know if i don't know if i would have I I would have been able to stay that much mm-hmm. longer
0: well mark uh, became head coach what well was he was uh, he was
1: the interim head coach yeah. my second year right. and then became the full-time head coach my third year okay there yeah. you go so i ba- so i've had him for 4 years
0: yeah At least he was always in the mix. Like he was always in the fold. He was around. Exactly. So it was a gradual progression in that Mm -hmm. sense. Obviously, there are a couple games left in the season, and you know it's uh, it's going to be a big conclusion. Corey Cup coming on Saturday against McGill. Um, (sighs) You know how do you see the? How do you envision the end of the season heading into the playoffs?
1: Uh, How do I envision it? Well, four wins. Yeah, you know, or uh, or is that how many games we have left? Four, four yeah. Wins? yeah. So, so four. Wins. <laughs> I've looked over the schedule. Yeah, like so 10 that you know. was just you know, <laughs> quick math. But uh, yeah, so obviously I envision four wins. Um,
0: what are but your expectations it, but it's, for? Them? What are my expectations?
1: Yeah. My expectation is that we're going to battle, and I mean, again, we're going through the same type of weekend that we went through, I believe, two week two weekends ago. Where we played Ottawa and uh, McGill back to back, right? Uh, I think it was just the other way around. So we played mm-hmm. played McGill then Ottawa. and Now yeah. we're doing the opposite. I think you know. So and 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 at the time I was kind of looking at the schedule and I was like, holy crap! Like we're going through a we're going through a rough patch, right? And look where we're at. Mm-hmm. You know, we ended up defeating uh, McGill, Ottawa, Carlton, Queens. Um, huge second half. Yeah. So season. very very huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, so I, I have no doubt that we're going to pursue our, our 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 great run. Um, we have to. I mean, it's it's the end of the season. We're the last four games, and that's what's going to propel us into the playoffs. And obviously, right now, I mean, if anybody's been looking at the standings, uh, Ottawa's kind of ha- kind of ahead uh, right now, and I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that they're going to lock in the number one spot. But two, three, four, five, think can happen. Yeah. It's 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 a matter of it's a matter of games. Uh, it's it, anything can happen at this point. So um, so it's a question of being very focused, and and we want to start playing the playoff uh, with the playoff mentality, mm-hmm. um, because it's certainly not game one that, that it needs to be uh, that it needs to be kind of um, uh, brought into our game. Uh, it has to be now. Actually, it needed to be in Jan- like at the beginning of January, but it's. And I think we have we have been showing it, so we just need to progress a, a whole lot more. So it's going to be an exciting uh, next four games. Um, definitely an emotional one. Uh, an emotional next four games for me. I mean, the last Corey Cup. Yeah. Uh, definitely want to end on a, on a good note. Um, but uh, it's. I just wanna make the best out of it, so i'm uh you best believe that i'm gonna be showing up so
0: well, thank you so much Phil, for coming on our show really appreciated uh is there anyone or anything you wanna plug either your social media accounts or
1: uh listen, you guys can follow me on my social media accounts I'm not very i'm s- I'm slowly getting there I'm just you know. Got school. Got school. It's I, tough. I, I got school, but uh, I got things to do. I've got <laughs> things to do. I got things, but no. Uh, I mean, if you guys, if you guys want to follow me, I mean, uh, my Instagram's h uh, u d y ninety three. Uh, uh, I'm not very vocal on Twitter, so <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, we can kind of let go. But uh, yeah, if you want to follow my Instagram, I mean, every now and then I'll post something, but uh, um. Other than that, no. I mean, thank you for having me, Safia. And, um, yeah, so come, come out to the games this weekend and, uh, and definitely, against the, uh, definitely in the playoffs.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like the show, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at Safs underscore on the go and at Mel The Rock. Our theme music is by James Blunt. You can find their music at jamesblunt.ca. The show is produced and edited by Tom Zalatnai for the Up For Network. Find out about all our great shows at upfornetwork.com. Cheers.
1: Topics of High Importance, a podcast where we get high and explore food, science, gaming, pop culture,
0: and beyond. Filled with super tangents, forgetful flubs, and that awkward
1: kind of tension that can only be produced by a married couple. Topics of High Importance on the Upford Network. Join us, won't you? (laughs) I'm Tonsalatni host and producer of Up for Discussion, a long-running comedy podcast on the Upford network. Every week, me and my team of hilarious improvisers use audience-submitted questions to dive deep and delicious into every topic under the sun. Nothing is off limits. The audience has full control. It's like going to an improv show, only it's in your ears and nobody's asking to see a scene about sex toys, hopefully. One reviewer called it an underappreciated cult classic Another reviewer called it, not a very compelling product. Go check it out and see for yourself. The Up for Discussion podcast. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.